This may come as a shock to some of you, but MMA fans aren't always exactly fair in how they treat fighters. I know, right? Hard to imagine. Which isn't to say there aren't aspects of the fighters on our list today that don't warrant criticisms necessarily. It just means that sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to these unpopular figures. What a horrifying analogy, by the way. Do I want to know the origins? Probably not. Anyway, it's time to give some fighters we don't like their due. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A massive thanks to our channel Hall of Famers for their support, and the these are 10 fighters fans treat unfairly. Number 10, Luke Rockhold. Now, the Lukester might have gotten his flowers a bit more recently from fans, particularly after his insane blood-soaked bout with Paulo Costa, but the general sentiment about Rockhold, that being that he's a bit of an arrogant douchebag, led everyone to pile on during his worst ever moment when he truly didn't deserve it. The nightmare scenario of losing your world title to Michael Bisbean via first round TKO is enough to sour just about anyone's grapes, but it wasn't so long before at UFC Sydney that the two first met. And let's compare and contrast how the winners reacted. Here's Luke at the presser after defeating Bisping. You know, it was just, uh, you know, I got, you got nothing but respect for the guy in the cage. He's a, he's a true fighter. He's always fought clean. And, uh, I mean, the guy fights tooth and nail to the end. You know, I don't think we'll ever be best friends outside, but, you know, he's a, I respect him inside the octagon. Luke, no congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Classy, gracious, and he was in the cage afterwards as well. Now, compare that to Michael Bisbee, who literally jumped up on the cage after the KO and screamed, fuck you at Luke, before laughing and pointing at him. Then, of course, came that infamous presser. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight, and that fucking guy comes up to me and says, you know where you are, huh? Like, I fucking picked you up off the canvas and gave you respect. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you are, buddy? Yeah, uh, that's after you. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you, you got knocked the fuck dick. out. You hey. got knocked out, buddy. Sit down, shut up. You got up. lucky. Because Mike was such a huge underdog, and it was such an amazing, unexpected win, on top of fans already feeling Rockhold was too arrogant in general, it was the perfect storm that created a scenario where Luke got nowhere near the sympathy he deserved, especially considering how he treated Mike in their first fight and how much a dick the count was after the second one. Number 9, Sam Alvey. Anytime a fighter would get released from the UFC from about 2018 to 2022, fans online would immediately point out that Sam Alvey was still on the UFC roster. By his final bout in the promotion, Alvey had gone nine fights in a row without a single victory, and he was finished in five of those bouts. It would become a running joke that any time fighters were cut, people would just post pictures of Sam smiling big or smoking a cigar to accompany the news. Alvey yet again avoids being cut, and over time, people just started hating that the guy was there at all. And look, I get it, he is pretty cheesy. He's not a favorite to watch. But with the bloated roster the UFC has, did it really feel like Sam was taking away someone's opportunities? And what did he do wrong exactly? Was he supposed to cut himself for not winning? Was he supposed to not accept more bouts and money that the promotion offered him? Okay, he wasn't very good from 2018 on. He can be a bit of a sycophant online to the UFC, but does all of that really warrant the hate that he was getting? I think like a few other fighters on this list, Sam was the embodiment of a problem to a lot of fans, unfortunately. And if we're being honest, that really wasn't that fair to Sam. Number eight, Bilal Muhammad. You know how for a while it was really cool to hate Nickelback? Even though objectively, they were a perfectly fine band. They were like every other popular band on the radio. There was nothing inherently offensive about them that warranted the insane levels of hate they got, but it just became the in thing to do. And while no, I'm not comparing Bilal Muhammad to Nickelback. Well, 
Kinda. The weird phenomenon of people using hate for him to get online points is exactly the same. So you don't like his style of trash talk, or you don't like his style of fighting, that's fine. Nobody is saying that you have to. But why are you so mad at the dude? Why are you going out of your way to hate on him? There's that video of Bilal getting disrespected by some fan who told him to get out of his picture with the BMF title, and the guy couldn't have been nicer about it when he had every right to be like, oh, you're a dick. Which he was, that's the thing, right? The whole point of that, filming it like that, was to be a dick to Bilal. And for what? For what reason? Muhammad is a top-tier fighter in that division. He only seems to be improving as well. And while, of course, we don't all have to like the same fighters, the hate this dude receives just for existing feels like MMA fans trying to get cool kid points and not anything that is warranted by his actual behavior. Number 7. Ronda Rousey Well, this is about to get comedic, isn't it? With the recent rumor that Ronda might be returning to mixed martial arts, there's been a lot of reflection on her career on social media, and the conclusion has been largely negative. Ronda was nothing more than a bout of MMA mass hysteria brought on by the biggest hype campaign the sport has ever seen. The division was weak, and the second she ran into real competition, she was exposed, proven to be nothing more than what she was allowed to be by the UFC machine. Once in a lifetime does not apply to Ronda Rousey. It's once ever in human history. And while I can certainly understand why her personality and the way she's handled herself might have rubbed some fans the wrong way, to say that she wasn't a good fighter or that her impact was somehow just manufactured is revisionist nonsense. Does she have weaknesses in her game? Clearly. Did she play right into them at the end? She did. But she has still only ever lost to two of the best to ever do it at 135, and in every other scenario against every other opponent, she absolutely dominated. Not not only that, but given the insanely high skill ceiling of her judo still, she would absolutely win a lot of fights at 135, as much as fans just want to dismiss her entirely. But so much more than any of that, her impact on the sport is her real legacy. She rocketed WMMA forward decades in just a few short years. Was there a lot of hyperbole? Yes. Did things get out of hand? They did. But to act like she's not one of the most important figures in modern MMA history is just lying to yourself. Number six, Tim Sylvia. All right, on this one, I'm just as guilty as anyone when it comes to dunking on Tim Sylvia. He is the embodiment of an era in the sport at heavyweight that was just abysmal. It was dark times, and he was the poster child for that division during that period. His style wasn't exactly fan-friendly in the cage. He wasn't a particularly compelling interview outside of it. He was this tall, awkward guy that reigned over heavyweight at its low point, but really, at the end of the day, what is it that is so hateable about the guy. Does he deserve more ridicule than the fighters who couldn't beat him during his time on top? Was he ever so disrespectful to others to make us feel like he's a bad guy? He was teased relentlessly when he first got to Militich, so much so that he would cry after practice. Is it the guy's fault that heavyweight sucked at the time? I mean, really, he was just out there trying to do his thing, you know? And when he talks about his steroid use in part being because of his body image issues, I'll be honest, it's hard to hate the guy. Sure, he may not be your favorite fighter, I can understand that entirely, but there's really no reason he should be reviled as he is. The level of hate just doesn't line up with who Tim Sylvia was as a fighter or a person. I'm just saying, let's all chill a bit when it comes to the maniac hate. Number 5. Aljamain Sterling Now, Aljo has always had a hater section in the stands, going back to the jokes about him dabbing unconscious after Marais KO'd him, but that group got absolutely out of control big when Sterling won the bantamweight title 
be a disqualification. And look, I get that part. The title changing hands via DQ feels weird, especially in a fight where it looked like Aljo was surely headed for defeat on the cards. And he has absolutely played into this villain role. But he and Jan were given 25 more minutes to resolve things, and Sterling came out on top. He did. It is what it is. Close fight, this or that, but he won. That is just how fighting works. Is the guy cheesy, like a slice of pizza from Papa John's? But he's also the winningest bantamweight in UFC history. He also has the longest win streak in the division's history, the fifth most finishes, most strikes landed. If he defeats O'Malley, he'll be tied for the most title wins. And more so than anything, the guy didn't knee himself in the face on the ground, okay? Like him or not, Sterling absolutely deserves credit for being an all-time great bantamweight, which is exactly what he is. Number four, Francis Ngannou. If ever there was a fighter who shows you the power the UFC machine has when it comes to fan perception, look no further than Francis Ngannou. Here's a guy who decided, I think I can use my leverage as heavyweight champion to make things better for myself and for the sport in general. He took the unprecedented step of fighting out his contract as champion and testing the open market. He eventually got a deal with the PFL and is now lined up for a boxing match with Tyson Fury. You'd have thought everything I just said equated to kicking a box full of kittens off a cliff with the way some fans have reacted to all of this. If you want to say, damn, I wanted to see him fight John Jones, and I really don't care about the business of MMA, that is totally fine. You're allowed to be bummed about not getting a fight you want, and you're allowed to not care about the business. But if you don't care about the business, why do you care about the business? What did this dude do wrong in betting on himself? Why is that a bad thing? What makes that worthy of any kind of negative sentiment? I get why the UFC is mad, but why are fans mad? That's the part that doesn't make any sense. And so many wanted to say he made a big mistake. Some still feel that way despite the deals he's made. And again, that's fine. You can think he made a mistake, but why does that make you so angry at the dude? If bucking the status quo is a negative thing, then I guess Ngannou is hate-worthy, but otherwise I'm not seeing it. Number three, Colby Covington. That's right, we're doing this. I want everyone who has ever complained about me talking negatively about Colby to save this video, screen record this entry, and hopefully it soothes you next time I make fun of him. Look, I'm just kidding, of course, but truly, Colby is a fantastic entry for this list because he is so disliked by so many that he very often does not get his due as a fighter. Colby Covington is an elite welterweight. He is one of the best fighters in the world. With the exception of his two losses to Usman, both fights that were very competitive, he's done nothing at the main event level but dominate. And while yes, he hasn't fought very often, but when he does, he shows why he's consistently at the top of the division. And I agree that he's not earned his upcoming title shot against Leon Edwards, but it's not for lack of being championship caliber. It's just the inactivity. Truly, I fully expect him to be champion at some point. He's just too good not to be. Way too many fans equate their dislike for him as a person with his ability in the cage, and it really is not fair to him, and I am sure that Colby would love to know that such a nerd and virgin thought so. Number two, Tyron Woodley. There is so much hate for this guy, he's had different eras of his hate. There was contender Tyron, who sat out a whole year and a half waiting for his title shot, with many fans complaining that he should have to compete again, and that that's not how it works. You just don't get your chance after being inactive, which is how I feel about Colby Covington, but I can't fault him 
or Tyron for taking the opportunities that they did, but I digress. Then, as champion, he was too safe, too boring, unwilling to take the fights the fans wanted to see. Like the aforementioned Colby, he'd gone Hollywood. He was more focused on doing TMZ than competing against the best welterweights. He wanted money fights, but he didn't deserve them. And then following his downfall, his series of boxing matches with Jake Paul caught the ire of many fans, especially his KO loss, because they felt like he had irreparably hurt the sport. But truly, everything I just said, how can you fault Woodley for any of that? He absolutely maximized everything he could out of his career. If you know you can wait for a title shot, why wouldn't you? And so he did, and he won. His safe style got him four successful title defenses, five major pay-per-view paydays, and working to get into entertainment outside of fighting only helped to diversify his revenue streams. And as far as angling for fights he wanted and looking to avoid fights he doesn't, isn't that like everyone else who is massively successful in this sport? And after losing four fights and retiring, what did he have to lose in fighting Jake Paul? Nothing. It was a massive opportunity given his position. All the guy ever did was work for himself and not the fans, something I would advise any fighter to do, and he got way too much hate for it. Number one, Tito Ortiz. Okay, now there are plenty of things to actually criticize Tito Ortiz about. This is definitely not an entry that is an all-out apology to the former mayor pro tem of Huntington Beach. No, this is about a very specific situation, that being the year-long hiatus he took after defeating Ken Shamrock. The narrative at the time, and still very much to this day, was that Tito was running from Chuck Liddell. That is the story that Chuck will tell you, that's the story that Dana will tell you. And they do, and did, on the 30 for 30 about their rivalry. And while it is not in dispute that Ortiz didn't want to fight Liddell, his reasons for not taking the bout were a bit more complex than his concern about whether or not he could defeat his former friend. Tito rightly felt that the bout was huge money, much bigger than anything that had been done prior. And while it's true the UFC was not in the position they are now, they built their empire to this point by doing the exact thing they were doing to Tito, talking about how scared he was to fight, saying he was asking for too much money, that he was making it all about him and not about the sport and about fighting. They were putting pressure on him to take the fight, even creating an interim title for that purpose. And so while some of his motivations were certainly self-preservation, you can't really fault the guy for wanting a bigger cut of the pie when he was the biggest draw in the promotion and the biggest fight ever would have been Chuck. Tito Ortiz gets a lot of things wrong, but in this situation, he was ahead of his time. I really love lists like this. It's fun to go back and look at something with a different lens, because while a lot of these fighters I myself never saw the issue with, others like Luke or Colby or Tito or Tim, I have plenty of times been a hating ass hater. Editor Max Randall has always gotten all of these right though, which is why you should follow him on his socials. Our channel champions never get it wrong either. Thanks so much for always being right all the time, guys. If you want to be just as right as them, you can always hit the join button and get all kinds of cool exclusive content. Like and subscribe if you liked this and want more, and let me know who I was wrong about down below. Should be a big old fight down in the comments. Thanks for watching though, guys. I will see you another time.